0: My name, people. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, everybody, welcome to the show.
1: I'm glad that that you
0: are here today. We're gonna blow that
1: storm away, people.
0: Yeah, we are. The dark before the dawn, hey. We need change, don't we? Hope and change. You listen to this song, okay, I am gonna try this out. Just say so you now. So
1: I'm waiting for the king to come galloping out of the clouds while the I can't wait for this. going to be on a horse. He's gonna gather his people in the shadow of his wings. And I'm gonna raise my, my
0: voice with a song of the redeemed. redeemed.
1: Cuz all this darkness is a small passing thing. And <sighs> eh,
0: this is nothing people. It's just the dark before the dawn.
2: Late start on Facebook. It was. That's
0: alright. Uh,
2: having issues.
1: I'm just waiting for a change.
0: Yes, we are. We're waiting for a change, people. A change. Okay, let's listen to this last part. Ready? Here we go.
1: I had a dream that I was waking at the burning edge of dawn, and I could see the fields of glory. I could hear the sower's song, I had a dream that I was waking At the burning edge of dawn and all that rain had washed me clean All the sorrow was gone I
0: No. <clears throat> one day that will happen yeah it will i don't know about you guys but the hope of the future of for the believer is gonna be amazing yeah it will it is gonna be so amazing uh we We're going to look back at this life and we're going to go, oh my gosh, would we worry about all that stuff for? Why are we complaining about stuff? Um, And our perspective is going to be completely changed. Um, So, before we get into the meat and bones or potatoes... (laughs) Hey, by the way, two things I'm not allergic to. Just so you know, meat and potatoes. I can actually eat meat and potatoes. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, um, before we get into that, let me give you a word of encouragement. Okay, you ready? God has you here for a reason. Yeah, he does. He had you born in this day, this time, and season for a reason. You know why? Because, first of all, if you're already a follower and disciple of Jesus, it's the time period in which he knew you would come to him. Read the book of Acts. You'll see that in there. But secondly, it's because he loves you and he's called you for a purpose to make a difference in the lives of other people. And look, let's just be real. We can make a difference in a good way for people or a bad way. I don't know about you, but I prefer the good way. <laughs> I would rather uh, be overzealously, optimistically, joyful, and antagonize my friends with good stuff than be a Mrs. Grumpy Pants. Just saying, um, you know, because because there's you know there's too much grief in the world. <laughs> You know what i mean there's there's just too much and and so it doesn't do you any good it doesn't do me any good of i really complaining about stuff you know what i mean there's always an upside to everything you know like for example <clears throat> a couple of days ago i just found out i got i took this food sensitivity environmental sensitivity blah blah test it has all these things in it that i was tested for to see what I'm sensitive to, not allergic but sensitive. And let's just put it this way I my my food sensitivity tests came back like completely dairy, eggs, um, oranges, corn, everything corn, coconut, you know, just, you know pretty much everything I normally eat said I was highly sensitive to, you know, and, and probably shouldn't eat, right? And I'm like, Ugh, okay, so I knew I was allergic to dairy or not allergic, but highly sensitive. Because if you're allergic, it usually kills you, right? But, but anyway, long story short, I could look at this one of two ways. Well, I could look at it a lot of different ways. But in my head, I usually think black and white. So I could look at it as, oh, my life is over. I'll never be able to have a cheeseburger again in my whole entire life. I can't have popcorn. I can't have this. I can't have that. I can't have ice cream. I'm going to die. Or I could look at it as, um, you know what? This thing told me that I am not allergic to most fruits except oranges, which I actually really love, which cracks me up because I, you know, I I really do like oranges. (laughs) but it's like every other list I have this whole list of stuff I didn't even know didn't you know like me so So I was like well you know hey it's time for a new adventure to see what I can eat and you know how it will impact my body and you know and everything else so I'm actually looking forward to it you know I was telling Randall that um, you know I just got done spending seven years about taking care of my dad and um we're in spending a lot of time worrying about him and his his well-being, and I thought, you know what this is going to be a time now where I can invest in my well-being and and just see what works, you know to make me feel better to make me the most optimal middle-aged big-haired pickleball athlete ever, you know, so I can have more energy and play four hours of pickleball every week as opposed to the two hours I played today <clears throat> so. Anyway, all that to say, there's always an upside to everything. And, uh, um, you know, so with that said, let's get into the news of the day because there are a lot of news stories out there. Um, And I haven't really done a show like this in a while um, because I've been doing this witchcraft series. And really, this kind of ties into that without me formally doing the, you know, hey, this is a witchcraft story, blah, blah. Whatever, right? So the first story um, I want I want to do is the Biden is is the, is the lead story? Biden is the anti-faith administration. But wait, Stacey Lynn, harp, isn't he a Catholic? Isn't he like one of our Catholic presidents? Okay, yeah, whatever. okay, so we'll get to that in a minute, but you got to read this, I'm gonna read this article. So this is over on onenewsnow.com. and it says here an attorney for an organization whose mission is to formulate and promote conservative public policies says the Biden administration has shown serious indications that Christians who want to maintain religious freedom have a battle ahead of them according to Sarah Perry also known as Sarah Parshall Perry the daughter of Janet and Craig Parshall. just so you know a legal fellow at the Heritage Foundation, the clues are already apparent. One example is the is the Biden administration's recent firing of Sharon Fast Gustafson. I don't know if I said that right. Who had gained a reputation for defending religious liberty from her post as general counsel for the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. It's significant that Gustafson when she joined the EEOC has vocally committed herself to the cause of religious liberty perry recalls i believe that that was of the fact that she might be uh, be that she might be problematic for an anti-faith administration trump appointed her for a term ending in 2023 and fellow appointee roger Severino's term was to end in 2014, but both individuals have been fired, something Perry says Biden does not have the statutory or constitutional right to do. Another indicator of what is to come is Biden's promise to sign the Equality Act, which has already passed in the U.S. House. We knew that the Equality Act is going to be problematic for religious Americans, Perry tells One News Now. Sure enough, he's making good on his promise to make sure the sexual rights... That sexual rights take a super protected status in the American legal government environment, rather. Um, Actually, that should read homosexual special rights. That's what it should say. But anyway, the measure, among other things, trumps the biblical view of sexuality and offers no religious or conscious conscience protections. Joe Biden also supports abortion up to birth, which is a direct conflict with his Catholic faith, which which is also very interesting. OK, so the Equality Act is really the, the Christian Inequality Act. That's what it really is. It's it's really designed to gag you. As a Bible-believing Christian, if you're a Christian in name only, a Sino, or uh, you're a Christian who just, you know, you're not really somebody who's a practicing Christian, but you label yourself Christian, like, hey, I was born in Christian, and I was born in America, Christ America, whatever. Anyway, you know what I'm talking about. Um, Then, you don't care. (laughs) If this act is signed into law, who cares? It doesn't impact you. But people of pure religious convictions and who actually look up the God's word, we read it, we try to obey it and, and uphold it, and we, we use it because we actually have a conscience and we want to abide what Jesus says over, you know, what our government says. <clears throat> it's going to be a big issue. The question is, will it pass in the Senate? And if it does, of course, Joe Biden will sign it. Um, so that's story one. There we go. I'm not going to hammer that one too long. Now, let's go to, let's see, the second one. Is this the one I, I want I think, yeah, go to the Christian Post one, the pro-life evangelist. This, this is evangelical, I mean. <clears throat> All right. I read this story and, well, you'll understand. Okay. So here, here, we'll just go this, we'll just say this this way. And by the way hi to everybody out there hi jerry over there on youtube and i don't know if you're watching unless you say hi to me then i can call you out if i want to but um you know just just want to tell you this okay this one this article um I'll just—I'm just, just going to read the article. Okay, it says this: prominent evangelical scholar wouldn't publicly support Biden if election were held today. Okay, like first the. the okay, I'm not going to say anything yet. Okay, wait. After signing a letter expressing disappointment with the new administration, a pro-life evangelical scholar who voted for President Joe Biden said. That while he would vote for Biden again if the twenty twenty presidential election were held today, he would not make his support public. Okay, so let's let's talk about that just for a minute. Okay. So this is Richard Mao, who's the president emeritus or Titus. Emeritus. Emeritus. Thank you.
2: There you go. <laughs> I knew you could do it.
0: I need help. Uh a Fuller Seminary in California. Okay. President Emeritus. Yes. I nailed it. Got it. Okay, anyway. So, Fuller Seminary. I actually have friends that have gone there. Okay? Not the most conservative place anymore. <laughs> it used to be. Um. <laughs> this is so hard not to laugh at. Okay, so Richard Mao. Or how I guess I'm saying his name. I don't know how to say his name. Whatever, anyway. So this knucklehead, um, (gasps) who is the president emeritus of Fuller Seminary, um, voted for Joe Biden. Let's just lay aside the fact that Joe Biden isn't really pro life. He's he's. He's not. <laughs> this is like no.
1: his,
0: his president, his vice president is one of the most, most prominent supporters of killing babies on the way out of the womb. I mean, it's just ridiculous, you know, um, and let alone the fact that Joe Biden and his administration is one of the most antichrist administrations out there. And I know some of you out there are like, Stacy Lynn Harp, you know what you're talking about. You know, you just blah blah blah. blah. <laughs> <laughs> to, to which I say, hey, you know what? You can have your opinion. This is my opinion based on fact. <laughs> okay, and and I have to. I have. I just have to, okay, I have to tell you. I I heard about this story. Janet Parshall tweeted this story, okay? And she made a snarky comment. She said, "Buyer's remorse." Well, <laughs> I'm I'm like I I'm, I'm just what the heck do you expect? You vote for a pro-abort president and you're pro-life? You're an idiot. Okay, but that's the part. Okay, aside from the fact that you're an idiot, here's the other thing. The the other thing is, is that, oh, I would do it all over again, but not keep it. But I would keep it private and secret.
2: Right, right, that's what I'm <laughs> not. I'm not trying to pick in him. I'm just trying to understand the logic there. If it was if this 2020 election was held all, you know, held again, I'd vote the same. Only this time I would be public about my support.
0: No, so he doesn't look Why? like. Why? Because he looks like a fool. That's why. Yeah, no, but I mean,
2: he... I'm mean, talking about conviction. <laughs> looking back at it, seeing that seeing that basically, I, I'd still vote the same. I might just wouldn't be public about it.
0: Yeah, because he looks like a fool. Yeah, but the...
2: <laughs> <laughs> so he's pleased with the outcome, or he's not? No,
0: he's he's well, an if he's idiot. Not, then why
2: would he? Then why would he do it again? He's a. It's like. <laughs> I put my hand on the hot stove and I got really burnt. If I had to do it over again, I still touch the stove, but this time I wouldn't scream.
0: Yeah, I actually didn't I scream just, when I burnt my hand I, recently. I
2: just—well, what would be the <laughs> point? You'd still get burnt. You know, I'd still vote the same way, but I just wouldn't be public about it. I—I—I I, fail to follow the logic there. Just saying. <laughs>
0: Oh, brother. Okay, anyway, so here's here's the reason, okay? <clears throat> we are very disappointed about the COVID-19 relief package's exclusion of the Hyde Amendment. <laughs> A longstanding bipartisan policy, they wrote. We're even more upset that the Biden administration is supporting this bill. Okay, like, okay, first of all, cut to me. So... The COVID-19 relief bill. What does that have to do with abortion? You know, we're, we're in the middle of a pandemic, people. People are dropping like flies. like Millions of know. them. They're like out, outside your window. People are falling out, dying of COVID-19. Right now, they're just dropping but- like flies everywhere. Which, so this bill that does not have the abortion things in it that this guy wants the horror the absolute horror of it all
2: don't you know that it's a long-standing tradition for congress to put all sorts of non-related things (laughs) into a bill hundreds thousands of pages have nothing to do with the original purpose of the bill so they can pass it to find out what's in it so they can fund all their you know pork fat projects and, and pay back the bride money and stuff like that and it's 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 the American way, it's the American government way. So of course he's disappointed. There's not an unrelated amendment in COVID relief, which is all about fiat currency and and um, further driving the U.S. and in, into debt. Yeah, and uh, but, bankrupting the country. But anyway, go ahead.
0: So this line here, as a result of Biden's support for the bill, the group contended that they feel quote used. And betrayed Yeah, they do <laughs> So so he doesn't feel like a knucklehead or a dumb bozo or anything he feels used and betrayed I Trusted you. Oh, I trusted you Joe Biden. Oh my gosh I had no idea what you really stood for even though you've been in public service a hundred years
2: <laughs> But but given the opportunity I'd vote for you again
0: and, and Keep it secret Oh my god. This, all right. So look, if this is if this is like current evangelical and past evangelical leadership of fuller theological seminary, you know, a seminary that like trains pastors and stuff. Is there no wonder why we're in the mess we're in as a as a church. Just saying. I'm not I'm not even going to waste my breath reading the rest of this stupid article <laughs> cuz it's just too easy to mock. I mean seriously. I mean, you know. Now, let's address one other issue, okay? <clears throat> so th- there's this this lady named Amy Coney Barrett, okay? She was nominated by President Donald J. Trump. Okay? Mm. I know to be on the Supreme Court. Why? Because of her her conservative history. And yet, what has she done since she's been on the Supreme Court? Has she done a whole lot of conservative, you know, conservative type things? Uh, nope, not really.
2: Well, what cases have come to the Supreme Court? Well,
0: they they they're not they're not getting thrown out there, and so (laughs) so that I would be more I would be more upset with her than. This knucklehead, who clearly is well, a Judas, because the guy, I mean, he's still willing to vote for the most pro-abort vice president in the history of America over Donald Trump, who was the most pro-life president in recent history in America.
2: Even, even though he feels used and betrayed, <sighs> he casts cast the same vote. I know you were going to read the rest of it, but I got—I have to read this paragraph okay, here. Okay, go ahead. Um. I guess I could even...
0: Get rid of me on the screen.
2: Yeah, put me on screen. Uh, here. We made... Ellipsis. I don't know what goes in there. It's the news. It could be anything. It could be the exact opposite of this statement here. Since they cut out who knows how many words. But the way it's written here. We made clear that we would offer support with the understanding that they would urge the White House. They're talking about the campaign Aww. officials that they've talked to biden campaign officials okay we made it clear that we would offer support with the understanding that they would urge the white house to have serious conversations with catholics and evangelicals who are right to life people he recalled the problem isn't that is that we haven't had those conversations uh surprise 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 you you mean politicians promise something or you know, campaign uh, uh, you know, campaign officials promise something during a campaign, and once the candidate was voted in, they didn't keep their promise. <gasps> what is the world coming to? I mean, I don't condone that, but I mean, that's that's politics as usual, Mr. Mao. Um, I he feels used and betrayed. I I don't know where he's been. In the last 50 years of American politics, but yeah, this is why we put no faith in politics and in politicians.
0: No. (sighs) Like I wrote on Facebook, (laughs) (laughs) baseball. whatever. All right. <clears throat> Up next in today's lunacy news, uh, let's look at the Christian News website, christiannews.net, with this leading story. Jesus a racist? Gay pastor claims Jesus used racial slur and repented of his racism. All right. So, uh, and I, I actually know the guy that wrote this article. So, um, yeah. So, TikTok, just so you know, is filled with a, a bunch of knuckleheads. Yeah, they are. And you can go viral on TikTok if you're an idiot. Pretty, pretty easy. Just so you know, this is a Chinese... Just because
2: the audience?
0: <laughs> well, plus this is a Chinese... Like, this is a Chinese-run spyware out, yeah. app. Like... <laughs> All right, whatever. Okay. Uh,
2: so Chinese hosted. Okay, words. let's
0: just read this. This is, right. is so stupid. Okay, an openly homosexual. But if we wanted to be biblical, we would say sodomite. An openly an open sodomite man who reports have received his pastoral and theology degree from the conservative Moody Bible Institute. Which, by the way, I should tell you, I know two people personally who went to Moody Bible Institute. One was the closeted bisexual, the other one was a closeted lesbian, and they're both working at the university level in Christian colleges, both of them, and they're both out. Just so you know, Moody Bible Institute is a magnet for closeted homosexuals, lesbians, bisexuals, and who God knows what else. Anyway. Well, the so
2: financial is, yeah, issues going on. Yeah,
0: and so is Biola University, right? Biola, where I was going to get my, my my master's degree. What I can tell you is Biola has a so-called homosexual underground, but it's not really that underground. Um, now where I went, Vanguard University of Southern California, they actually enforce their policy. Although there happens to be some homosexuals that go there too. Go figure. Anyway, this dude went to Moody Bible Institute and who is is now a so-called LGBT plus activist and author claims that Jesus used a racial slur and repented of his racism, essentially calling Jesus a sinner in a controversial video now circulating online and normally... Normally, I wouldn't give jerks like this the time of day, okay? This is a jerk face, butthead, <laughs> um, idiot, Can foolish. You
1: feel the love well, I mean, tonight.
0: he he's a jerk. He, this guy is a complete jerk. That's a nice, you know, he, 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 he he's a sodomite who is flipping God off, True. and he is an enemy of God for sure. And he's calling the Jesus I love a racist and a sinner. This guy better be very careful because he is treading on holy ground, in my opinion. I kind of take this slightly personally when I see some knucklehead like this do this because this is such an anathema. And the problem is, how dare I say that? Well, you know what? Jesus called some of the religious leader whitewashed tombs, you know. And stuff like that. And uh, there was like fire and brimstone that hailed down on Sodom and Gomorrah when the angels came because of the sin of sodomy, which this guy clearly uh, practices. And I would also say for him to to call himself a pastor on top of it. You talk about the ultimate, you know, flipping God off and all that. Yes. Can God save this guy? Yeah, he can. But well, does this guy want to be saved? I'm not real sure. (laughs) you know so it's it's this this type of thing just it really you know it it gets to me so but anyway so he says that the now viral TikTok video shows Brandon Robertson stating that Jesus had quote prejudices and biases and was stood up to by a woman who spoke truth to power causing Jesus to repent of his racism and heal her daughter what a you know what <laughs> what a you know what. I am not going to swear, but I am not letting it come out of my head anyway, because this is such hooey. <laughs> it just uh oh, okay. So it says here, the scriptural text Robertson referred to in his monologue is found in Mark seven twenty-five to thirty. Quote, for a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, a syro by nation, and she besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. But Jesus said unto her, Let the children first be filled, for it is not to meet. It is not for it is not meat. It, okay. To make the children's bread and to cast it unto the dogs. And she answered and said unto him, Yes, Lord. Yet the dogs under the table eat of the children's children's crumbs. And he said unto her, For this saying, Go thy way. The devil is gone out of thy daughter. And when she was come to her house, she found the devil gone out. And her daughter laid upon the bed. Robertson, who referred to this account in Mark, twisted the text to accuse the Son of God of racist motives in responding to a woman who sought his help. He calls her a dog. What's amazing about this account is that the woman doesn't back down. She speaks truth to power. Yeah. <laughs> she confronts Jesus and says, well, you can think of that about me, but even dogs deserve the crumbs from the table. Uh-huh. Well, that's what it says in this article. I know. That's what he said. Her boldness and bravery to speak truth to power actually changes Jesus' mind. Jesus repents of his racism and extends healing to this woman's daughter, Robertson claims.
2: (sighs) (laughs) Gotta pick up the next quote.
0: I know. I love this story because it's a reminder that Jesus is human. He had prejudices and biases, and when confronted with it, he was willing to do his work. And this woman was willing to stand up and speak truth, Robertson concluded. The text referred to in Mark chapter 7 shows how Jesus responded to the Syrophoenician woman's faith having compassion, even outside of those who are not of God's chosen people as a result of such faith. According to the Bible's teachings in Romans eleven eleven to 31, those who put their faith and trust in Christ are grafted in among them and with them partakest of the root and fatness of the ol- of the olive tree. All right, I'm not going to read the rest of this article because the rest of the article... Is accurate, okay? The the rest of the article, the guy actually cites what this passage is about. But The because... author of the article. Right. So, <clears throat> why does this... I feel angry about this, okay? No, I'm feeling my anger. I feel <laughs> angry. And I feel annoyed. Because this type of stuff <laughs> is... Not right. <laughs> it's a, it's in it's an anathema. It is an abomination. It's like flipping god off. Literally just like saying, "You know what, God? You are full of it." And I can't believe that you, you know, you you are you racist, you biased, you know. This woman spoke truth to power now. Okay, those of you who don't know about that terminology, let me give you a little LGBT history lesson. Okay. So many years ago, Bearface and me went to a GLSEN conference. That's the Gay, Lesbian, Straight Education Network. Randall and I actually were spies. I know, hard to believe I don't look like a spy, do I? Or do I? Hmm. Anyway, we, we, we went to this conference. We were invited by a Christian right organization to spy on behalf of that organization. And we spent a weekend with homosexual activists at this GLSEN conference down in Los Angeles. One of the workshops we went into was all about speaking truth to power. Yeah, it was. And there's this organization called Soul Force, you know, which is the LGBT activist group that teaches their activist people how to be basically LGBT terrorist types, right? They they use... These psychological things in order to train people to, quote, speak truth to power. So basically bully people. Like one of the tactics they taught us, and and this and the reason I'm sharing this is because it was so... People don't understand how much they've been manipulated by the LGBT lobby. Okay? So... You know how if you go to a regular high school or junior high school or elementary school, how in the olden days you could put up a white piece of paper, you know, that kids drew stuff on like, hey, Glee Club or, you know, is Friday at one or whatever, right? And they make this big sign and they color it with their crayons and they put it up on the fence, right? Because it's a sign. We just want to know when the event is. And kids do that all the time. Clubs do that. Well, this is what they taught at the GLSEN Conference, the Gay, Lesbian, and Straight Education Network. What they taught was that you should go ahead and you should put up a sign behind the sign because if somebody rips down the sign, then they'll see the sign behind the sign and on the sign behind the sign, it will say something like, you've just committed a hate crime against the LGBT community or whatever. Okay? So they... Their tactics are intimidation and manipulation and twisting things uh, to make them suit their needs. That's what this guy is a student of, clearly. Um, And, you know, if I want to be super compassionate, oh, he's caught in the devil's snare and blah, blah, whatever. Um, My guess is this guy has a Christian home upbringing and... And I would not be surprised, I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised if his conservative Christian parents raised him correctly and he just decided to be a rebellious person and um, and just flip his parents off. Right. Because, you know, maybe they were the hateful types that threw him out on his own or maybe they told him, hey. You know, you're 18 years old. Maybe you should move out on your own now that you're an adult and you should feed yourself and stuff. Or maybe they were really lucky to have good Christian mommy and daddy that actually paid their way through Moody Bible College and gave him a full scholarship. He didn't have to work his butt off like I did for mine. You know what I mean? He had everything handed to him on a platter. Here you go, baby. Only to flip God off in the end, right? I just... <sighs> 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 The twisting of scripture, however, is what really gets me in this. This passage in my whatever decades of reading this passage, not once did I ever think Jesus was a racist, okay? Not once have I ever read anywhere in scripture that Jesus had to repent of anything, right? I will say in the Old Testament that, you know, the word repent is used when um, Jesus Not Jesus specifically. But God basically, you know, he repented that he made man on the earth because all the men were exceedingly wicked and everything, and that's why the flood came. It's not the same thing, though, okay? Jesus doesn't have to repent of anything because he's perfect. He's sinless. He's God. He's holy. He's perfect. Only sinners repent. Jesus is not a sinner, right? This guy is insulting my God by saying, that he's a sinner and let me ask you something theologically speaking just for the sake of argument if jesus was a sinner then what would be the point of him dying on the cross for my sin because no sinner can do that so this guy is a complete buffoon a knucklehead a idiot you know just saying he, ugh, ugh. so and, and, and it really bugs me because, oh, we need to feel a lot of compassion and stuff for this guy. Do we? No, not really. I mean, I, I know we're supposed to love our enemies and I can love him, but doesn't mean I like him. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to like coddle the guy because, you know, it, it just, yeah, just. <sighs> Randall. What? You're the diplomat in this family. It's not me. Th- do you understand why this irritates me?
2: I do. Because so, this
0: is like just. Am I the I, only
2: one that this irritates? Or no, just, you look at the whole thread on Twitter. Okay. <laughs> in response, and yeah, oh, most there's... of the folks are you know are amazed at how much of blasphemy can be fit into one minute. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. Good. So it's not just um, me. Okay. Good. Because yeah, I you know. <laughs> i'm just <laughs> so would you like to would you like the to make that passage you know would you like to explain that passage
2: i mean the article does a good job if you want to look it up but basically
0: oh uh, I, yeah i i what happens we could just explain it you know, i i Yeshu- could explain it but god i would like you to because you're, right. you're the co-host all
2: right um yeshua you know jesus was up there toward galilee in the northern region and then this woman from being to the west uh, coast, basically uh, up there near Tyre and Sidon. She's a Syro-Phoenician. Um, I don't know if she from there. Is this that she was a Syro-Phoenician? Phoenicia is that area that we would call um, today up near um, hyphen around there. Anyway, I'm going into this too much. Forget the geography lesson. A non-Jewish woman.
0: From Dan to Beersheba. <laughs> <Yeah>. so, <laughs> hey, I got that now. Every I actually saw that four times in Samuel. I was so happy. I was um, like, hey, I actually noticed something that I would have completely ignored beforehand. But anyway.
2: Anyway, so <laughs> basically, um, Yeshua, who was sent to the lost children of Israel, you see him when he sent out the 70. He said, go to no one but of the... You know, House of Israel, the last, the lost, you know, people of Israel, children of Israel, I don't remember. So basically just the Jews. So the Jews first, then also the Greeks, Paul uses multiple times. Uh, the Jewish Messiah came primarily, you know, in, in his first coming for the Jewish people. Because he's a promised Jewish Messiah. And so a Gentile woman comes... And says, Hey, you know, we'll heal my daughter. And she was said, Well, in essence, I came from the children of Israel. It's not right to take the children's bread and give it to the dogs. And by the way, um, the word that he uses um, for dog there is, is diminutive little dog, and it's like a house pet, little puppy. The fact right. that it's eating the children's bread doesn't mean it's a wild street, you know, urchin dog. You know, Stray, that it's the kind of thing people would have as a pet. It's a, it's a, an affectionate kind of... But he says it's not right to give the children's bread and give it to the dogs and children of first. Right. And then she has this very clever response that... Yes, yes. Yeah, you, you know, you, you're right. You know, I understand. But, but hey, even the the little dogs, the cute little dogs under the table get the crumbs that fall from the table. Right? You know, she plays with that analogy <laughs> saying, okay, I get it that, you know, I'm not a Jew and I'm not by Gentile. I'm not entitled to uh, the covenants and promises To the Commonwealth of Israel, but you know, can you can you spare a little bit here? Can you spare some crumbs? Um, And he's like, he's like, I like this woman. (laughs) I'm grossly paraphrasing, but you know that she's she's persistent. That she wasn't speaking truth to power. It's it was just it was a humility thing. It wasn't a proud thing. She stood up. It's like, yeah, but how about? Have some crumbs, you know, okay, you're right, but you know, I'm not I'm not asking for much and and um and then he responds to that. He responds to her humility, basically. Not her not her pride prideful speaking truth to power.
0: He responds to her faith.
2: Yes. That she presses in, she could have just said, Yeah, you're right, but okay. Sorry, it bothered you. So, but here... he, she knew that he could provide the healing. He could cast out the demon, right? And but even though she wasn't entitled to as a Gentile outside the Commonwealth of Israel, this is before the death of Yeshua. And go read Ephesians two about the, the wall of division and all that. But so this is prior to that.
0: Um, Hey, so Mary is on Mary Henry. Bella is on. Hi Bella. And I was trying to see some of the other comments. Anthony is on. Hello Tony. Yes,
2: it was. Yeah, definitely her faith.
0: Joseph is on. Hey, we got a couple of people on actually on Facebook. Hello Facebook. Her
2: faith in him that even remotely right. He could do this exorcism, and but it was also the persistence. You know, it reminds me of the parable he about the unjust judge and the right. widow. And the, he that's something he spoke too often: is persistence. And 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 she just didn't give up. She came in faith and still said, "You know, but come on." And, you know, even little dogs get the crumbs that fall from the table. Yeah. He's like but I mean I think like about her.
0: if he if he talks about truth to power though he's actually admitting that, that Christ had power. power and yet he's also insulting Christ at the at same, same time, time with his stupidity
2: like someone commented on twitter how much blasphemy can you fit in in just one minute uh, no
0: i guess that's why i get irritated i'm like all right okay let's get to two more stories cuz we're almost out of time so the next story let's talk about the california curriculum Leading oh, you're do that? yeah leading kids in chant to Aztec God of human sacrifice, yes, I grew up in California, I lived there my most of my life, so I'm fully aware of the insanity of California i I feel for anybody that still lives there who's of godly nature um All right. Listen to this. It says next week, the California Department of Education will vote on a new ethnic studies curriculum that seeks to root out white supremacy, colonization, and the various evils of American culture. The curriculum aims to reverse Christianity's alleged theocide against Native American gods by leading students in a chant to various indigenous deities, including the Aztec God of human sacrifice. This horrific chant arguably violates the First Amendment, but it also exposes the true ugliness of woke supremacy. Mm-hmm. The Discovery Institute's Christopher Rufo exposed the new curriculum in City Journal and published the full documents on his blog, which you can go read at your leisure if you'd like, or leisure if you're in the South. <laughs> Sorry. Inside joke. Never mind. Anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, um, sorry about that. That, That's my head. Um, okay, I'm not going to read all this. Okay, so it says, The original co-chair of the Ethnic Studies Model Curriculum developed much of the curriculum's material on early American history. The curriculum cites... This person I can't read, Rethinking Ethnic Studies, in which he argues that the United States was founded on Eurocentric, white supremacist, <laughs> racist, anti black, anti indigenous, capitalist, classist, patriarchal, sexist, and misogynistic, heteropatriarchal, homophobic, and anthropocentric paradigm brought from Europe.
2: I wonder how he really feels.
0: <laughs> the ethnic studies curriculum claims that whites began grabbing the land, hatching so hatching hierarchies, and developing for European whiteness, which created excess wealth that became the basis for the capitalist economy. The white hegemony <clears throat> continues to the present, and it allegedly subjects minorities to socialization, domestication, and zombification. The curriculum singles out Christianity for particular demonization. This guy claimed that white Christians committed theocide by killing indigenous gods while replacing tribal cults with Christianity. White settlers established a regime of col- col- Cal- Colon- coloniality, yeah, really. colonia whatever, dehumanization and genocide. I told you people. Okay, characterized by the explicit erasure and replacement of holistic
2: (laughs) indigenity
0: and humanity. Yeah, hey, just so you know, I I read these really good silently in my head. It's just trying to say it. It's hard. I had a speech problem when I was a child and, you know. According to the ethnic studies curriculum, the solution is to name... Speak to, resist, and transform the hegemonic, Eurocentric, neocolonial condition through a posture of transformational resistance. The Marxist resistance aims to decolonize American society and establish a new regime of counter genocide with counter hege- hege- hegemony. <laughs> yes.
2: Some say hegemony.
0: That's what I was trying to say. Hegemony.
2: Some say hegemony, some say hegemony. <clears throat> to I displace think it's
0: fine. white Christian culture and spark a regeneration of indigenous epistemic and cultural futurity. Sometimes I think people like to use big words just because they think they're so smart. You know.
2: Well, he's an academic. Come on.
0: Whatever. Okay. Beneath all the academic language, this is. There you th- go. <laughs> Oh, well, why didn't he just say that, people? Okay, this entails an effective return to worship of the pagan gods of pre-Columbian America. The curriculum suggests an ethnic studies community chant complete with invocations of indigenous American deities. The curriculum urges teachers to lead students in a series of indigenous songs and chants, including... Some something affirmation which appeals directly to the Aztec gods. Students clap and chant to the god (laughs) Tazekatlipoka.
2: Something like that. I guess Tazekatlipoka.
0: Can I get a redo on this show? Uh, Okay, anyway whom the Aztecs worshipped with human sacrifice and cannibalism, asking him for the power to become warriors for social justice. Of course. Then the students chants to the gods.
2: Quetzalcoatl.
0: <laughs> okay. Next.
2: Uh, oh. Huizalpocot. uh, Huitzilpo- <laughs> uh Huitzilpo- <laughs> Huitzilpo- <laughs> Huitzilpo- <laughs> This is Aztec language or... Whatever.
0: Uh, An ex ipe totec <laughs> Seeking healing, epistemologies, and a revolutionary spirit. <laughs> Alright. Uh, yeah, whatever. Was the Aztec god a boar who inspired hundreds of thousands of human sacrifices? Okay, so this isn't funny. You shouldn't be laughing at this. It's not funny. Um, anyway, I'm not going to... I'm not going to read the rest of this because clearly I'm having problems. It's not, it's not like it's Dr. Seuss, super easy to read. But anyway, the point, I think the point here is that, you know, in the Bible where it talks about all these different gods that waged war against the God of Israel, the one true living God, you know, they offered up gods to Molech and to all these other gods that they're listed right there's all these gods that really quote existed right and just a hint they're demon gods okay they're they're like fake gods they're not like the one true living god they're they're like anything that desires a baby you know (laughs) sacrifice it's like not of god just so you know did you want to say something
2: yeah i mean let's let's take a moment and lament for the tragedy of that was California? Well, no. I was just saying that in in parts of that pre- was supposed to be funny. In parts of pre-Columbian America, there was widespread cannibalism and human sacrifice, and um, it happened to be Europeans mm. that brought the gospel and liberated people, yeah, they and did. cannibalism and human sacrifice stopped. Oh man, that's we should that should be a tragic day in history. It's too bad we still don't have widespread human sacrifice and cannibalism. I mean I mean I mean what's what's this guy lamenting? Actually we do
0: we do have widespread human sacrifice. It's called abortion people. Yes. It's that, just not the same way. We just do it legally under the guise of medical practice and woman a right
2: to choose. And without all the pomp and circumstance. Right. Um, but, you know, it's funny. I look at these academics and they talk about the Eurocentric whatever as if... And I've heard others, too, talking about Christianity in Europe. Christianity in Europe. Like, Christianity was invented in Europe. <laughs> Newsflash... Christianity originated in the Middle East, and it didn't just pop up overnight. It wasn't uh, uh, a newfangled thing like Pet Rock or anything like that. It's built on thousands of years of prophecy about the Jewish Messiah and his coming, and and it didn't, you know, it was... uh, Kind of a slow go with 12, you know at first, and then well, probably thousands until death of Messiah and then people ran from that, kind of hid right but after the resurrection, kind of a slow buildup again and you know tremendous persecution going to the second century of Christians as as Christianity began to spread throughout the Roman Empire i mean huge persecution of course of course uh there's been more there have been more martyrs it's an increasing number every year um anyway i know but this 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 idea that you know christianity is this eurocentric white thing uh yes it, it spread in europe quite a bit christianity spread quite a bit and it spread quite a bit in the middle east too and was the predominant faith in the Middle East until the conquest, the military conquest of Islam, which forced conversions at the sword, not by the preaching of the word. Um, anyway, this I wish these academics that claim to be so wise, they become fools by not understanding the church history, the history of Christianity. and. And and the the freedom that it's brought, and elevation, uh, in terms of uh, women and children and slavery and you know and classes and that kind of thing. Whoops! Back to you, since I'm frozen.
0: Yeah, back to me, people. <laughs> All right, so our last story for the evening is as follows. This is from Jihad Watch. Titled, Iraqi Convert to Christianity. Muslims are triumphantly declaring that the Pope has surrendered to Islam. Now, I have to tell you something. Even before I read this article, I've interviewed Robert Spencer from Jihad Watch. I've also interviewed a lot of former Muslims, and one of the things that I've learned in doing this is how much Islam has in common with Catholicism. <clears throat> so, just think about it. Okay. Anyway, so it says here, well, yeah, and long before he went to Iraq too. see, for example, here and here, I don't know what it says. Uh, it says here, Iraq. Pope's trip leaves collateral damage by Jules Gomez from Church Militant. Okay. Pope Francis's Iraq trip has triggered a tidal wave of mockery on social media, with Muslims gleefully announcing that the pontiff has surrendered to Islamic supremacy, an Iraqi Muslim convert has told Church Militant. The Kurdish response to Francis on the final day of his visit has been largely negative, as many Kurds see the Pope as a person who flatters wicked people like President Erdogan, observed Nasser Aza, an academic from Erbil. While the Pope's visit was certainly created, certainly created a feel-good atmosphere among Catholics, Aza is predicting that the collateral damage for evangelism among Muslims will be monumental. Aza who came to faith in Christ in 2014 told church militant that approximately seven to 10,000 Muslims had converted to Christianity from Islam in the last decade. And as in Iran, among Shia Muslims, many more souls are ripe for conversion. And this is true. Actually, God has been doing a radical, um, amazing thing in the Muslim world. Um, You know, sincerely seeking Muslims are coming to Jesus in like massive um, numbers. And I will tell you that there is one really cool story of a Muslim seeker who is trying to seek out the one true God. He had visions of Jesus. Jesus came to him, quoted him, the book of John, told He didn't know it was the book of John, the gospel of John. He quoted him, told him to write it all down. After these visions stopped and, and all that stopped, this guy went... He was told by Jesus, go talk to your Christian friend. The guy shows the book that he had got quoted to him to his Christian friend who says this is the gospel of John. Guy, Obviously, the guy got saved. <clears throat> that does happen. I do believe that happens. Okay. It does happen. voice of the martyrs uh, told that story. And um, anyway, so... <clears throat> Anyway, speaking through an Arabic translator, Azza lamented the fact that only small pockets of Catholics who are influenced by evangelicals are engaged in evangelization, while the Orthodox churches in Iraq have no interest whatsoever in evangelism. Uh, Azza, an amateur Arabist who had been brought up to believe that the Quran was linguistically inerrant, said that he began to have doubts about Islam after detecting a number of linguistic errors in the Quran. When a Christian gave him a copy of the New Testament in Kurdish, Aza, who is a part Kurdish heritage, broke down emotionally after reading it. God speaks my language, he exclaimed, overwhelmed by the fact that the word had not only become flesh in Jesus, but also was written in his own mother tongue. Keen to reach out to Muslims with the gospel, Aza said he was grieved that Francis' interfaith engagement was counterproductive for Christians like him, seeking to carry out Jesus' Great Commission to proclaim the good news and declare Jesus as the only Savior. Muslims on social media are triumphantly declaring that the Pope has surrendered to Islam. The mockery is incredible as the Muslims say Francis is bowing to Muhammad as his prophet as he goes on hijaj, hij, hij, Hajj. Hajj what he said people a Muslim pilgrimage to the birthplace of the Muslim Ibrahim of course the majority of the converts don't care and have no interest in the papal visit did I say that right? <laughs> to Iraq because they strongly feel the Pope does not represent them or their passion for the gospel, he added. And while Catholics are rejoicing, thinking that the Pope will bring about betterment in their situation and pull them out of persecution, the situation for all Christians will worsen because the Pope is seen as giving in into Islam and abdicating his role as head of the church. Uh, As predicted, Muslims don't distinguish between Catholics, Orthodox, Pentecostals, and evangelicals, he explained. Anyone who is not a Muslim is fair game for hostility and persecution. Yeah. Yeah, they are. So, so all that to say, yes, there are, um, uh, a lot of things happening in the world, and there are a lot of idiots out there, people. A lot of fools, a lot of people flipping God off. This is the sign of the end of the days that we're living in. And you know what? It The days are just going to get darker. There's no turning back. You know what I mean? There's no turning back. We are under an Antichrist government right now. I know, I know some of you are like, oh, I voted for Biden. He's so great. Okay, whatever. You can believe that if you'd like. I don't. I think he, I, I will be surprised if Biden ends up being the president through the whole President Biden administration. Just saying, I think Kamala's is going to get in there somehow. And then the fun will begin for sure. Um, <clears throat> so here is my encouragement to you. Just remember to read your Bible every day and hide his word in your heart so that you don't sin against him. Pay more attention to what God's word says than the news and you're going to be fine because the more you read in the word of God, the more you're going, oh my gosh, this is ridiculous. Like that bozo, you know, gay guy that, you know, is twisting God's word and making a mockery of it. You know, look, that guy's end is not going to be pleasant if he doesn't repent. The fact that guy, that guy would even imply that Jesus had to repent is just so wrong and foolish, right? Biblically, that guy's a fool. So, my encouragement is stay in the Word of God. Surround yourself with godly people who are in the Word of God. Not people who are Sinos, Right. People who are Christian in name only, ignore those people, get away from them. I'm serious too. I'm like totally serious. If you're going to grow in your faith, you need to be around people who are actively growing in their faith, reading the Bible, being in fellowship, being in prayer, doing the acts of service that God has called you to, and walking closely with the Lord. That is our call. And that is how we influence the culture. You know the problem randall and i right before this um i had turned on my new ipad i was listening i just turned on youtube and i was i put on some christ i put on a twilight paris song okay and um she has a, a good song called 70 years ago which i i love and i was listening to it and then it flipped to this next you know song thing and it happened to be a series of maranatha worship music from the 70s and 80s i just let it play and it was probably a little over an hour, but every single song on there, Randall and I were just listening to it and it was all scripture, right? Most of it was just scripture song, you know? And I was like, wow, I ever heard this stuff in a year. Me and Randall were singing to it and stuff. And then we started talking about the the, the Christian music of today compared to that. And I'm like, how far we have fallen. What used to be legit worship music that was about worshiping God and who he is you know even in the Christian you know worship world you know there, there's so little worship of Christ and who he is you know and 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 people don't care a lot of frankly a lot of people don't care that Jesus is being maligned the way that he is all the time and I was thinking about this this morning does Jesus need Stacy Lynn Harp to defend him What do you think? Uh, No, he doesn't need me (laughs) at all. He doesn't need me to defend him. I mean, who am I? I'm just this four foot, five foot four twerp, you know, who plays pickleball and has big hair. Right. God doesn't need me to defend him. But he needs me to promote him. Right. I mean, he doesn't even need me to do that either. But my point here is that. That he called me for such a time as this, just like he called you for such a time as this, to declare his glory, his works, how good he is. And unless we know him and are working with him and stuff, how are we going to tell anybody? You're, I, I just, it drives me crazy. I have these peop, friends of mine, if you look at their Facebook feed, it's this litany of horror going on in the world. And, and I'm just like, how do you sleep at night? This isn't good for you. You need to shut that stuff off and and open the Bible up and read. It. I read Ezra today. I just have to tell you, I don't think I've ever read that book. If I did, I don't. It had to be a long time ago. And I'm reading it. And I'm like reading this book, and I'm like wow, this is so cool. So these guys wrote letters about the temple being built and, and these guys came against them and this guy wrote about this and he said, if you guys do this, then this is going to happen to you, even death or banishment. And I was like, wow, that's serious stuff. But the other thing that just blew me away was, was there's all this stuff that they're talking about, the like all the silver and the gold and then they detail all the genealogy and, and some of the the people. And then it lays out the sacrifices and stuff. And 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 I was reading Not that. human sacrifices. Right. I was reading this and I'm like, amazing to think about. When you really, when you think about it, when you really think about what happened. And you look at modern day Jerusalem just as an example. And if you've ever been to the Western Wall or the Wailing Wall, whatever you want to call it 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 is a miracle of god israel today is evidence that god exists okay i mean <laughs> israel should not exist it's so little you know it shouldn't exist but it does um <clears throat> and anyway long story short just get yourself immersed in that in the word And then all this other stuff, you can laugh at it and mock it and stuff like I did tonight on the show. I didn't do it to be mean. I did it because it's so stupid in comparison to what we really have in God's word and in our future. And even now, God is working today, right now. There are people right now getting saved someplace in the world right now. There's somebody repenting of their sin. There's somebody who's admitting that they, you know, need Jesus and their life is going to be changed. Don't ever forget that. You might not be seeing it, but you could be planting seeds everywhere, you know, wherever you go, you can be throwing the gospel seed out there and letting God do his work. We don't ever have to be afraid of, of, of that. Because God's work is awesome, and we're, Randall and I were talking about this too. And I'll, I'll shut up after this. We, we were we were coming home on the way from the chiropractor, and um,
1: what
0: was was the conversation in the car about this? I I can't anyway. But we were talking about how we have little we we have less life ahead of us than we do behind us, right? I'm over fifty. Randall's over fifty. Generally speaking, you know, if we live. 20 more years or whatever or 40 more years hopefully, you know, still. What's 40 years compared to the 52 I've already lived, right? I mean, we don't have that much time here. And that actually came up cuz I was telling Randall I miss my dad. My dad was 92. It was a week ago and one day I put him in the in the ground, you know. And I'm and I was telling him, you know, it's weird. I my my dad's not here, you know, but he will be. He'll I mean, my reunion with my dad will happen quicker than I think. But right now, we're kind of stuck in the vortex or the matrix or whatever you want to call this, right? But while we're here, we can do good stuff and go ahead and, and make an impact for the kingdom. So just, you know, try to keep your perspective, um, you know, keep your eyes on, on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith, right? Because... That is why, that's the only way you're going to get through these days ahead, right? You can, you can have real joy. I think, I think there's some of you out there who are like, well, I haven't seen my family in a long time. My church is closed. You're looking at all the negative stuff. You gotta, you gotta look at some of the good stuff. Look at Philippians 4.8, read that, memorize it, and then ask yourself whenever you're having those thoughts, is this good? Is this true? Is this just? Is it lovely? You know, am I thinking on the things that God tells me to think on? Because if I'm not, then you're, you're going to, you know, you're going to, you're going to spiral down and be depressed. And you're not going to be effective for God's kingdom. And that's not what God has called you to. He has called you to something better. And as a believer, you have the Holy Spirit residing within you. So allow the Lord to comfort you, to convict you, to counsel you, to console you, but also to move you forward. Don't be stuck that's not fun. You know what I'm saying? So I'll stop my lecture. That's it. That's all I got to say. And I shall say this too. Be bold, people. Stand up and go with God because he loves you. He does. He really does. Open his book. You'll see it. I'll see you later.